0: When it comes to worshipping God, that's not really controversial. I don't think anyone here is going to be shocked, saying, Wait a minute, I didn't know that this was a worshipping church. I didn't know that was a part of what we were doing. I don't think that that's going to be a big surprise to anyone. But that doesn't mean that we understand what it means to worship. We don't necessarily understand uh, the truth of worship. Oftentimes, when we think of worship... Uh, We might think of styles, that that's what immediately comes to mind. Uh, Should worship be done with piano and organ, or should it be done with drums and guitar? Uh, Should we be doing uh, our songs where we're singing just the psalms, or we should be singing the classic hymns, or should we be singing the 80s choruses, or the more modern contemporary songs? What are the songs that we should be singing? And we all have strong opinions about these, we all have our own uh, songs or styles that we prefer. Uh, there was a, a little uh, conversation I saw on on Facebook where someone had said, uh, I didn't really enjoy church this morning. And the reply was, that's okay, we weren't worshipping you. And uh, that's, uh, you know what, it, it, it's funny, and yet it is powerfully true I don't know how many times that I've gone as a, as a visitor. In fact, I can think of a, a couple times where I had Sundays off of here, and uh, I went to one uh, very contemporary church and then one very traditional church, and I didn't know any of the songs that they sang. And, and I went home from that thinking, you know, I didn't really enjoy worship. And it was a, I needed a reminder that I wasn't going to worship to be entertained, to, re- to hear my favorite songs, and to, uh, to receive what I wanted. Rather, I was going there to offer worship to God, and that's something that was extremely important for me to be reminded of. So we need to understand what true worship is, and thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about worship and we're not going to cover all of that today but in this year we're going to at various points uh, in the year we're going to be looking at the topic of worship and I have chosen to start with this passage in Ephesians where Paul gives us some guidance about worship and what it's supposed to look like and some of the theological foundation of it so I think it's a good place for us to start. The interesting thing about this is that he starts not with the idea of worship, but he has a contrast for us to look at. He's contrasting the the foolish life and the wise life. And he is acknowledging that there are times when we make foolish decisions. And he chooses to illustrate that through the image of drunkenness. Now, does this mean the Ephesian church... uh, Particularly struggled with drunkenness. We don't really know. Uh, Probably they weren't any worse than than any other church. But drunkenness is a good example of the foolish life, that what he's talking about, of people making these kind of choices. Unfortunately, when I look at, at my life, I had more uh, experiences of drunkenness than I would like to admit, uh, especially in my my early 20s. Uh, it wasn't a, a great time for me. And uh, I didn't think at the time when I was drunk that uh, I was that bad. But since then, uh, being sober and, and having had some times where uh, I was the only sober person around a bunch of drunk people, I realized, oh, I must have been really bad. Uh, it's uh, it, It's kind of a, an interesting perspective to see that. Now, when I drank, uh, and, and I can't speak for everyone uh, who, who gets drunk, but uh, for me, it wasn't uh, getting drunk to, just for the sake of getting drunk. Uh, rather, I was seeking to overcome something, so it, it was different things. Sometimes I was feeling down and I wanted to, to feel a bit more up, which is really a really stupid thing to do uh, because uh, alcohol is actually a depressant, so it ultimately it makes you feel worse, but that was one of the things. But even more than that, I was a very shy young man. Now, uh, people are surprised that that. I was shy because they think, well, you get up in front of a bunch of people every week and talk. Well in my early twenties I couldn't even have imagined doing anything like this and so uh because i was so shy and so introverted uh i liked to drink because it gave me a little bit of courage i was able to do things that i wouldn't normally do in fact uh the very first time i ever danced like in terms of fast dancing it was when i was drunk and i didn't know uh how well i did until the next uh the next morning uh someone asked me why i was imitating rocky because that's what i was doing i was i looked like i was practicing boxing uh, so okay that's that's not where I'm going to be going. Uh, thankfully, all of that is uh, is in my past now. But uh, that is something that many people do. I, you, As you know, I'm a, a, a student of military history. And you may or may not know that in World War I, uh, one of the important uh, supplies and resources that were available to the soldiers was the rum ration. And it was particularly important for the troops who were in the trenches uh, that each soldier would have, uh, their rum ration. Because uh, if you think about what it was like to go over the top, to go into no man's land, uh, to face barbed wire and machine guns and, and all kinds of other things, uh, they wanted those soldiers to have that extra little bit of, of, uh, of courage. And they decided they were going to go with rum for that. And that is just an example of what, uh, of how that was used. However, even though that's the the goal for many people, it doesn't work. And what Paul is saying here is, uh, don't seek that. Don't seek to be drunk with wine, because it's going to lead into bad situations. It's going to cause you to live the foolish life. So instead, he points us to the wise life, and the wise life is one in which we are worshiping God. And the first part of this, because he's contrasting the drunkenness of wine to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he is saying that that's the kind of life that we need to be facing. And that is the kind of life in which leads to a life of worship. And so all worship should be spirit-filled worship. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, when we gather together that we have to be uh, charismatic or Pentecostal in our style of worship. Uh, it, it's not necessary for that, although that is a great thing, and uh, and the Pentecostals have enriched the church's uh, worship life. But for myself, the first time I really experienced the Holy Spirit in worship was in the Anglican church that I grew up in. And I remember one particular, particular Sunday where we were reading through the liturgy. And it was the same liturgy that I had read through my entire life that I had found dreadfully boring. And yet something happened that Sunday where I felt like the Spirit was revealing through that liturgy the beauty of Jesus. And in these words that were so familiar to me, I had fresh insight as to what that meant. And it was a powerful experience. And so Spirit-filled worship could be Pentecostal worship, or it could be Anglican worship, and hopefully it's Baptist worship as well. It's about worshiping Jesus and immersing ourselves in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit uh, is being uh, contrasted with the drunkenness of wine in that it does something similar, in that the Holy Spirit gives us strength and courage to do things that we might not normally be able to do. And the Spirit can help us to worship even when we don't feel like worshiping. Uh, the Spirit enables us to do that. It is a strengthener. And it is a, a way, it is something that can strengthen us far beyond alcohol or any other way of helping us. So the Holy Spirit is very important. Then Paul says something that is really kind of confusing. Uh, he talks about worshiping and singing songs, and, and he gives a list of uh, different kinds of songs that we might sing. But he says to sing to one another. Now, why would Paul do something like that? That is really bizarre. Doesn't he understand that worship is to God alone? We sing our songs to God. We don't sing our songs to other people. Why is he saying that? He's saying it because worship is meant to have both a vertical and a horizontal aspect. It's about community with God and community with each other. That's why when I come in on a Sunday morning and the service is about to start and I hear people visiting and talking and laughing and and having fellowship with one another, to me, that helps me to come into the presence of God. I actually find that to be a worshipful Time. I know that there's a little bit of controversy there. There are uh, some people that would prefer that we have complete silence uh, in in the, the sanctuary before we worship, so we could focus only on God. And yet, the model that Paul gives us in Ephesians here is in worship that includes both our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. It's not just supposed to be me and God and no one else. There are people who have incredible love for God, but cannot stand their brothers and sisters in Christ. They don't want to talk to them, they don't want to be around them, they don't want to be near them, just they want to be with God. And that is not what God wants. God wants us to be in love with him, but he also wants us to love each other. And our worship is meant to be a blessing to other people. Uh, A very good example of this is in 1 Corinthians 14, Uh, In that, Paul is critical of speaking in tongues in a worship service. Now, he's not critical of speaking in tongues in general. He says that he speaks in tongues himself more than all of the Corinthians. And he says it is a great thing by yourself at home as you have sweet communion with God through the Spirit. But in a worship service that is something that is happening just between you and God and has no blessing, no benefit to the people around. And he would rather worship have something that would bless the other people who are there. And so we need to focus on that as well. We need to make sure that our worship is a blessing, not just to God, but to the people around us. You know, you can have Uh, A good time of worship by yourself, maybe in your room, listening to some worship music or, or a walk in the woods just by yourself. And that's okay. That's good, in fact. But that is meant to be an addition to the gathering together of the saints as we worship God corporately. That is where we find our real food. And the other things are just added benefits that we can include with that so yes we are supposed to sing uh, to our uh, our brothers and sisters uh, but we are to worship god the father as well and we do that by giving thanks that's what what paul says here he he defines this worship as giving thanks and that is something that is easier on some days than on others there are times where we just don't feel like giving thanks. We don't see necessarily that there's something good happening in our lives. And so it can be difficult for us to do that. And yet if you look at the way worship was in the Old Testament, worship was always a sacrifice. It was never something that was easy. It was never something that was done without a cost. It always uh, cost the person something. And so when we come together to worship, to sing praises to God, to give thanks to God on those days when it is the hardest. That is a sacrifice. We are choosing to move beyond what we're feeling in the moment and to focus on the Father, to give thanks to Him. Because there are reasons for us to be thankful, even if we can't see it in the moment. And we need to focus on that. And when we give that sacrifice of thanks, that's the kind of worship that God the Father is looking for. And then we do this, according to Paul, through Jesus Christ. It is through the Son that we have access to the Father. It is because of Jesus we always have something to give thanks for. Uh, Even if our life is going completely out of control, we can look to the cross, we can look to the empty tomb, and we have a reason to be thankful. Jesus It is through him that we are adopted into God's family. It is through him that we have forgiveness of sins. It is through him that we have eternal life, eternal life that doesn't begin just at death, but something that we can experience today. All of these things come through Jesus Christ. Now, do you see what is going on here? That we have all three members of the Trinity included in this. We have the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Worship is supposed to be Trinitarian. And I didn't really talk to Alan about this, but I love the fact that he, uh, in picking songs for today, a number of the songs that he picked were very Trinitarian in nature. Uh, we often just think that we're generally just uh, uh, singing to God or singing to Jesus, but all three persons of the Trinity should be included that we are worshipping the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what worship is supposed to look like, and that is the model that we are given. Uh, we might think of worship as as something that is about music, is about style, is about uh, what we're looking for uh, in a service. Really, it's about something deeper. And I love how Paul has given us the theological foundation here. That worship has got that vertical and horizontal aspect. That we are worshiping God, but we're doing it with the people. We are gathered with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are singing together. And, uh, we do not just sing a solo. We sing in a giant choir. A choir that spans uh, across the continents, across the generations. We are a part of that choir. And we sing together. And we sing to the Father. And we sing to the Father because of what Jesus Christ has done. He is our elder brother who has brought us into the family of God. And we do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit enables us to do what we would not normally be able to do on our own. And through that, we can give true worship to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for what you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship. We can worship through many means. We can worship through song, through prayer, through the reading of Scripture. We can worship even by the ways that we bless each other. Lord, we pray that you would enable us by your Spirit to worship in a deeper way, and that we would have a fresh understanding of who you are. Help us all to give thanks to you, whether we are going through a hard time or not, that we would be able to see your blessings all around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.